It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody, and welcome in for Season 2 of All Club Confidential. I'm your host, Austin Price. What an exciting time on Rocky Top, Tennessee, coming off an 11-2 and season just one year ago and an Orange Bowl win over Clemson. And, man, they've got a season schedule set up this year where I think Tennessee can win easily double-digit games again. Again, there will be some big games in September, then October, and then a couple of huge ones in November. Let's bring in Spire CEO James Clawson. James, the Vol Club has had remarkable growth in the offseason, uh, a lot of exciting things to talk about heading into this 2023 campaign. What are you most excited about? Well, I'm excited to be back for season two. Great to have you back, Austin. I'm glad they renewed us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, but, um, you know, we're uh, we're right on the heels of 3,000 members. Um, our tailgates are going to be bigger than ever um you know we've got a, an awesome florida watch party on the book so um you know if you haven't joined there's not there's not a better time to do it let's talk about that florida watch party i mean for those that can't make it to the swamp to be able to come up to the party deck watch the game on the jumbotron at neyland stadium it's got to be kind of cool kind of a unique experience again for those that can't make it to games yeah under the lights um i mean i think it's uh, just going to be an incredible environment um if you can't be at the swamp i mean i don't think there's a better place to be than neyland stadium right anytime right so um it's a really cool experience and we're we're happy to work with tennessee to make this happen for our members we got jerry mack on the show tonight next week we got jalen wright but you know jalen's a guy who's been very involved with second harvest food bank there's a lot of your players that are out there you know you know doing nil deals here and there you've got big amari thomas did something with better mattress you've got several of them that are uh, capitalizing on name image and likeness um how much have you seen that market grow yeah i mean it is you know in the past year really since we since we were on, on the show last i mean there's been so many more local ne- regional national brands come on board um the the big o stuff uh exterior home solutions um lots of different examples and we we can't obviously not think about Emerald Youth, East Tennessee Children's Hospital, Second Harvest Food Bank. So um, we want to do our part to help in the community as well. All right, let's get to the main attraction for tonight's Season 2, Episode 1, that being Jerry Mack. Coach Mack, you're from Memphis, which I know for, for some Tennesseans, that feels like an eternity away because Tennessee is such an odd-shaped state. But yeah. when you were growing up, what Tennessee football mean to you? Man, it meant the world to me uh, personally. You know, when you grow up in Memphis, you're right there on the border of Arkansas, Mississippi, and then I guess you're in Tennessee for the yeah. most part. But uh, so it's kind of strange, you know, growing up, you go to a lot of other SEC games, uh, probably more than you actually come to East Tennessee more than anything else. But for me personally – Man, I just remember, like, always watching Peyton Manning. I, heck, I was a Heath Shuler fan. You know, I grew up, like, in the mid-'90s, so, so to speak. So 
watching Heath Shuler, watching Peyton Manning. Uh, I remember guys like Marcus Nash and Joey Kent, you know, playing the receiver position. Like, so it meant a lot to me just to have an opportunity to come coach here and work here. Uh, I can remember when I was in high school at Whitehaven High School, some of the coaches from Tennessee would always kind of come through the school. Sure. I remember Chief. It, it was good to see him come through the other day and speak to the team because I remember when he came through Whitehaven, uh, I think Pat Washington was the receiver coach yeah, back that's right. then. So he would come through as well. And, and man, those guys were like like celebrities, to be honest with you, uh, in the state of Tennessee. So when they came through the school, like everybody knew. There was an angle on the kick against Alabama last year, um, and, and it – it shows you, and this, that there was just such joy on your face. And it was more so than we won a game or we beat Alabama. It was more pride of what you all had accomplished, pride in the, the state, pride in Tennessee. Um, is that fair to say? I think it's very fair to say. You know, when we got here, you know, nobody really gave us a chance. And, you know, just looking at Tennessee football, just being a big fan more than anything else from afar the last few years, you just knew what the, what the program had been. And then you had seen probably the last decade, just so many ups and downs. And then when we got here, like I said, nobody really gave us an opportunity, a chance to say, hey, look, we, you know, we could even go win a game like that. You know what I'm saying? And then as the season progressed and, you know, we started to get better and better from week one to week two to week three, you know, you just knew that I thought we was going to, I think we was going to have something special more than anything else. And to go out there in that game, to how it all unraveled and transpired, you just, I mean, I mean, that joy that, that you had, I could coach 20 more years and never have that feeling ever again. You brought up Heath Shuler a minute ago. You've got Navy on the team, so he's coming around. I mean, how surreal is that for you? Because I mean, again, when you're a, when you're a middle schooler or a high schooler, and you know you look up to somebody, and then all of a sudden that person comes around and, and can be a part of your life, even for just you know brief moments in time, mm. it's got to be kind of unique. It is. You know, I see Heath, uh, you know, at practices and at games on the sideline. Obviously, it's kind of crazy because Navy, you know, is his son, so you know he's always going to have a presence in the building. But not just him, just even, you know, any game day. You see the legends of Tennessee football from the past always coming around, and that's pretty cool to see because those guys, you know, you looked up to growing up. You saw play on television every Saturday. Heck, I used to watch the Philip Farmer show coming on television, just laying up in my bed, you know, in Memphis. So, you know, just to see all those kind of – those legends their stars always around the building. I mean, to have Peyton Manning, to take a picture, to be so close to Peyton Manning, I mean, it's kind of a surreal experience. You know, like I said, you know, seeing some of those coaches that coached back in the day in the 90s and early 2000s, even me sitting right here now as the running back coach at the University of Tennessee, it's kind of like a dream come true, to be honest with you. When you had the chance to come here from Rice, kind of take me through those discussions with Josh Heupel. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a unique experience because you're from the state. Um, when he reached out to you and had interest in bringing you here as the running backs coach, kind of what's going through your mind? What were those discussions like? Well, you know, it's a small – the coaching profession is a very small circle. It seems big, but it's truly a small circle when you get into certain atmospheres and you get to certain levels. So uh, the first person, one of the first people that reached out to me was uh, Cody Burns. Uh, so Cody Burns, the former receiver coach, you know, he said, man, you know, we've, we've interviewed, we talked to several running back candidates, you know, I got your name. So he was kind of the, the vetting person just to kind of sure. see like, hey, look, is this guy even worth your time? Is he a good person, bad person? What kind of vibe do you, you get from him? Uh, so I guess I passed that test. Uh, Cody called me. It was actually Super Bowl Sunday. He gave me a call and, you know, we talked. He said, man, look, I'm going to watch this game. But Monday morning, we're going to give you a, I'm gonna give you a call back. And, you know, I'm kind of want the OC to talk to you. So I got on the phone Monday morning with Alex Golish and, uh, you know, everything pretty much went well. He said, look, we're going to have an interview tonight with the staff. This is right around when, you know, we were still on COVID restrictions, so to speak. And uh, Those great times. <laughs> yeah, man. So I got on the phone. I got on the Zoom call. 
with uh, Coach Hypo and those guys. And they were teasing me a little bit because at that time I had one of those uh, operator headsets on uh, that you would have during COVID, like when you get on a Zoom call. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking to those guys, and I said, uh, you know, hey, uh, tell Coach Hypo. I said hello, too. Uh, I see him back there. And they were all shocked because I could see Coach Hypo's reflection in the mirror. They didn't even know – they didn't want anybody to know that he was actually in the room at that time. And uh, so it was, it was kind of it was kind of fun. They said, hey, hire. You're, you're, you're observant. <laughs> you, you got the job. But, uh, you know, we go through the process, and, and we talk a little bit. And, you know, it kind of – it's really more of a, a get to know you. You know, it just kind of – you know, I heard a lot of good things about you. The staff talks well about you. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, talked a little bit of football about your experiences and, and what you've been involved in and offensively, scheme-wise. But really, you know, just the person himself. You know what I mean? And, I, you know, obviously I think they did their research on me, talked to a lot of people within the state and in the southeast regions of where I coached at. So kind of get, get a little feel about, you know – how, what kind of person is he? What kind of recruiter is he? What kind of uh, ball coach is he? Things like that. So it was, it was pretty cool to, to kind of go through that whole process. But I knew when Josh Heupel had the opportunity to come to Tennessee, I mean, I mean, everybody's ears just perked up in the state. And it was something that it, I said, man, if I could ever get an opportunity to get in contact with him, I mean, that'll be that'll be crazy. All right, that takes us to present day. But let's take it all the way back. Mm. Growing up. When did you kind of first fall in love with the game of football? Was there a moment in time? Was it just in Pee Wee's or was it in high school? I mean, when did you know kind of football was going to be such a big part of your life? You know, honestly, you know, my dad would not let me play uh, any kind of organized football until I was about seventh or eighth grade. So eighth grade was really when I started to play football. But the reality is I started, you know, organized sports, basketball, baseball. I did a lot of that growing up. And, you know, it's funny, you know, these kids don't, don't see it a lot. But really, I got interested in football playing video games. You know, back back in those days, we had a game called Tecmo Bowl. There we go, baby. <laughs> yeah. Going like this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bo Jackson yeah. and, and, Look, and Marcus Allen. The Raiders were filthy in Tecmo Bowl. Automatic touchdown. <laughs> automatic. Every time they stepped on the field. But, uh, I, you know, playing those games, I got a chance to know some of the players in the National Football League. And, and that kind of sparked my interest. And from there, it just kind of took off. Uh, it was just something I really wanted to do. I just kind of really fell in love with the game, the camaraderie, the atmosphere. Got a chance to play. But at that time, it was junior high football and, you know, just the relationships and the coaching. It was everything that, you know, my dad was a college football player. So it was everything he talked about. I could all kind of see come to fruition then. And uh, it was pretty cool. And that was kind of my first involvement in organized football more than anything else. So I would say that's when I really fell in love. It's the opportunity to play the video games, learn more about the sport, and then, boom, really hop into a junior high organized football. You know, we have the players in from time to time, and they're playing on, was it Twitch, I think it is, and, you know, playing Madden. I'd love to do that, but they play Tech Mobile because I think one they would struggle with it because it's 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 so old school they wouldn't understand <laughs> how how to, how to how to succeed at it. But I think it would be fascinating to kind of let them see what you know we saw when we were kids. No, you know, no. I mean, because I mean that that game was I mean it was fantastic. But before Madden was Madden, Tech Mobile was it. Oh yeah, and then Super Tech Mobile came along. That's and, right, and that just blew everybody mind. <laughs> you could develop a roster. You could be all kind of different things. All right, so you play at Whitehaven, you go and play wide receiver at Arkansas State. Um, when did you know college coaching was going to kind of be part of your your path? Well, I, initially I did. You know, so it was probably my uh, end of my junior year going into my senior year of, of college. Uh, I was riding around, you know, just talking to one of my coaches. And, you know, he said, he said, Jay Mack, you know, you probably need to – you know I need to think about coaching. And I was like, Coach, I, don't, I really don't know if I really want to coach. I mean, I don't really understand – you know, to the, to the extent of what you really do on a day-to-day basis besides when we go to practice. And uh, he kind of sat down and kind of explained some of that. And I said, well, you know, 
I was a management information systems major. So I knew I didn't really want to sit in an IT department, you know, for 25, 30 years. I knew that really wasn't what I wanted to do. So, you know, what I decided to do was, you know, take an aspect of look at some of my former mentors. And the reality was when I sat down and thought about it, the people that I knew growing up, they were all high school football coaches. They ended up coming, going into administration and they had another side job on the side. And in my mind, that's what I was going to do. So I said, I think I'm going to try to become a, a graduate assistant at a, at a school. And then from there, I just kind of figured this deal out. So, you know, I sent out a ton of resumes and tried to talk to a ton of people. And one school hit me back, and it was a school by the name of Delta State, uh, Div Division Two in Mississippi. And uh, the guy called me on the telephone. The head coach called me on the phone, and, you know, he kind of failed me out. He said, you know, Jerry, we don't have any uh, graduate assistant positions open right now. But if you stay in contact with me, you know, we might have something available in the summertime. And sure enough, that January, I continued to talk to him. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try to go up to Mississippi, and I'm going to try to get some FaceTime with him because I graduated early. I graduated in December as opposed to May. So I hopped in my car. I uh, had a Nissan Maximum, like a 92 Maximum, and uh, drove up to Delta State in Cleveland, Mississippi, the, the home of, of mosquitoes, and went up there. And actually got FaceTime with the head coach. And from then on, I knew I had a good, op good opportunity, a good chance to get the job. And sure enough, he called me back a couple of months later. I started in July. But, you know, to go backwards a little bit, the reality was I really didn't know this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be involved in sports. I just didn't understand to what magnitude I wanted to be involved in sports. And then when I got to Delta State, started coaching, started seeing really the impact that you could have on young people and how they can look to you as mentors and how they, they really respected you. And, and, you know, obviously you had to earn their respect. Uh, I knew it was something that I wanted to do for the long term. So when you talk about making your own path, going in there, getting in a car, driving down there, getting that FaceTime, it's truly making your own path. I mean, it's 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 being bold enough. And I think that that probably showed well with the coach, that you had enough gumption and, and wherewithal and want to to come down and make that drive with nothing promised, like no, not even having time with him promised. And you went and got it. You Sometimes, especially this generation, I feel like they want it handed to them. Sometimes you just got to go take it. Yeah, I don't really know any other way to do this deal. Uh, you know, you know, I grew up in, in a two-parent household. Mom, dad worked every day. Uh, they worked hard, went to work, came home. Dad had a couple of jobs. And so, like, the work ethic piece is something that I've always, it's always kind of come natural to me. So understanding, like, how to go get it, like, you know, guys use the term get it from the mud. Like, that's really how I've always kind of done Dig it. Dig it out of the dirt. Yeah, like, I, I don't really know any other. I know how to network. I know how to uh, talk to people. I know how to communicate. You know, I'm really big on relationships. I think that stuff goes along way for whatever the reason i learned a long time in life people hire people that they feel comfortable with yep and you know if you if you have a situation where people feel comfortable with you and you're smart and you're intelligent like they can teach you to do anything in the world um, my wife all the time is like why do you go to the dentist in morristown that's where i'm from originally well, i'm originally from rogersville but but went to high school in morristown because i like the person i'm dealing with when you like someone and you feel comfortable with someone you know i think that, that goes a long way with people so i mean like you're right i mean understanding relationships goes a long way in recruiting you know it being does. able to build it from the kind of the ground up because it's not just like snap a finger and the kid goes oh yeah i'll come yeah you got to kind of build it up no no and things have changed so much you know with this new technology social media kids it's tougher they don't really have to have real conversations yeah like they just want <laughs> snapchat snapchat text yeah i mean tweet at you direct message i mean that, that you're right i mean the art of the phone call or in, even in my case, the art of a handwritten letter. I mean, I, I'll have to fill out paperwork, you know, for my kids or something for school or at the doctor. And I'm like writing and I'm like, I never write. Like, it's like, right. you know, you did that when you were a kid. 
But like now you just type everything out on your phone. So I mean, like you lose things, I think. The generations lose things. So you've been a, a head coach at a small school in North Carolina. You've been an OC at Rice. Obviously, you're the running backs coach here. How have all of those opportunities prepared you for this job? You know, kind of goes back to what we talk about. There are so many relationships because I've worked in so many states in the southeast region, whether it's going in and out of high schools, whether it's, you know, high school high school coaches or administrators or even just former players that, that you coached and now they're in, in an administration or coaching coaching role. And I think at the end of the day, you know, God prepares you for certain – or gives you certain situations when you're ready for them. And at the end of the day, through my 18, 19, whatever how many years now is the coaching, you know, I've had an opportunity to, to come in contact with so many different people. And I think at the end of the day, you know, being blessed with this opportunity to come to the University of Tennessee, it allowed me to get into certain doors throughout the Southeast, really our footprint from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, to be honest with you, if I hadn't been here or if I hadn't coached at those places, if I was a guy coming from the West Coast or the Midwest, probably wouldn't be able to get into certain circles and certain doors because everybody's six degrees of separation. So, you know, you meet a kid or you're talking to a kid, then, you know, as you're talking to them and develop a relationship, you realize – oh, you got people from Mississippi, you got people from Arkansas. Well, I got people from Mississippi, I got people from Arkansas. And then, oh yeah, this coach, yeah, I coached a kid by the name of XYZ like 15 years ago. Oh yeah, that's our that's our office coordinator now. So like you just kind of, you know, stumble up on those things. You know, the, the staff teases me all the time, especially Coach Halsey said, you know, I bet you Jerry Mack knows his, his uncle or, or his cousin or somebody like that. Because a lot of people that we come across, especially and if they're in our footprint in the Southeast, like I've probably kind of touched somebody that they know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 100%. 100%. And, and knowing one or two little bits of someone's life kind of opens the door for you. Whether that's knowing, as you said, a, a former player that you recruited who's now a high school coach at that kid's school, whether that's knowing the local, you know, you know kind of dive to go get a hamburger. I mean, little things can open doors where, oh, you know about that? And then all of a sudden, boom. You know, it means the world to a parent, a grandparent, or or the the prospect. I mean, you know, because you got to kind of win them all over in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I mean, that's that that goes a long way. As for this current team, how different does this feel? I mean, I, I feel like we're talking about that a lot with the staff in fall camp from a standpoint of what did it look like two years ago? It was so different. Um, but I mean, you look at your room two years ago. Eric Gray had left. Ty mm-hmm. Chandler had left, and you were left with. 
you know, Jabari Small and, and, you know, a couple other running backs. Now it feels like your room's pretty deep. It's just over time. Like, you know, Coach Hype has done a really good job of allowing us to recruit your room. So, you know, you can bring the personalities, you can build the room uh, the way you see it within the vision of the program. And, you know, not only do we have good players now, we have good people now. And, and that's what I'm most excited about. You know, it's different going to work now than it was two years ago, or heck, even a year ago. Just for the standpoint, you know, you got quality guys that they have a workman's mentality and they come to work to try to get better every day. Uh, like you said, like the first year, it, it was very difficult just for the simple fact, you know, we was just coming off COVID. You, you know, you really didn't know these guys. You didn't really know that you're still trying to learn the offense, trying to teach those guys. Sure. Trying to deal with a lot of different, you know, personalities and things that occurred before you even got here that you had no relevance or, or no, you know, you didn't know what was going on. So a lot of the the tension or the relationships that had been built in the past, you know, a lot of times people put that on the on the new staff and that's not, you know, you know, you had to talk to those guys and let them know that, you know, we're not going to be about that. We're not going to do this going forward. And, you know, the cream rises to the top. Some guys stayed around. Some guys decided to move on uh, for whatever for whatever the reason. But, you know, you can see after two years now, now the room is starting to look more like what a University of Tennessee running back room needs to really look like. Jalen Wright feels like a guy that, you know, probably was a little bit hesitant when you got here maybe. And then soon, you know, thereafter kind of bought in and has just kind of went to work and put his head down and, has steadily gotten better. We always talk about Jalen's going to really be the poster boy for a guy that is trying true development within a program. Uh, you know, when we first got here, Jalen basically walked in the door with us. You yep. know, a couple of weeks later. Sign, signed with a different staff, but then yeah. ends up with you guys. Yeah, so like, you know, we were basically all he knew. So he was a little bit apprehensive. And just by nature, you know, Jalen's a little standoffish. And, you know, he, he needs to trust you before he really opens up and starts to get the most out of him, just like most kids, to be honest with you, but even more so for Jalen. And, you know, he's changed. I mean, he's did a 180, to be honest with you. Like this kid, you know, he came in, still an introvert. You know, we had a conversation that was funny when he first got to uh, University of Tennessee and he, you know, go around the room, ask those guys, you know, what do you want to do, you know, with your career, what you want to do when you grow up, so to speak. And he said, you know, I want to be a commentator. I said, a commentator? You mean one of those people that talk on television? He said, yeah. I said, man, you might need to think think twice about that role. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, just for the simple fact, he's just not a – He doesn't talk. Yeah, that's just not his deal. Speaking of, he'll be the guest on next week's <laughs> Ball Club Confidential. So uh, I'm going to see if I can pull the old rabbit out of the hat and turn water into wine and – get him to talk you know and he's gotten so much better like he's gotten so much better just in the building communicating uh he walks around with a smile on his face now and you know we talked about the energy that you give off is the energy you're going to get back and i think he took took that and he just ran around with it and now what you see is a guy he's still going to be a passionate player he's still a very intense player but to the reality is it kind of carries over to his game he runs with a chip on his shoulder he runs somewhat violent he runs aggressive and and that's what has benefited him he always had the athletic ability that never was the issue but the way his running style with the maturity and the growth on and off the field is really what's helped him develop and you got jabari who if he can stay healthy he's a kind of a jack of all trades you can use him and just a little bit of everything uh, and the offense, which is a nice thing to have. No question. Jabari, does, you know, he's a pro. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, if any, to be honest with you. You know, you sit back and watch the film. Uh, you know, we have a deal where we put some of the best performers of the day on the board every day during training camp, and I could put Jabari's name up there every single day. Uh, but the challenge to him is, you know, do something – 
out of your comfort zone. Do something that's that's explosive. Do something that's a little bit different so you can, you know, do something, get your name up there. And for the last few days, like, he's really been doing that. And he will try to do anything that you tell him to do or ask him to do. Uh, he's a true uh, – he's a coach pleaser. He wants to be good. You know, he works at it. And I'm excited about him, him this year to see exactly what he, what he does this year with his opportunities because, you know, he's been consistent as consistent to be for the last two years. Who's influenced your uh, coaching career the most? You know, I think everything starts at home for me. You know, my mom and my dad, uh, you know, what they instilled in me, you know, watching them, you know, you lead by example. And, and they were the best examples of the best role models that I could ever have uh, growing up. You know, two people that really pour into me and my sister every single day, went to work, you know, gave us everything uh, that, that we wanted within reason. And I think that's where our generation sometimes struggles a little bit. You want to give your kids what you didn't have, but it's, at the same time, you, you want them to still have a work ethic sure. and be able to work for things. Uh, but there's no doubt my mom and dad, especially my dad, you know what I'm saying, uh, as far as what he poured into me from an athletic standpoint, being a former college athlete, just understanding what is what it's going to take to get to this level, uh, not only just from a standpoint of playing, but also coaching. Uh, you know, driving me around to different camps when I was uh, when I was younger in high school. So you know, though that that guy uh, means the world to me. And from a coaching standpoint, just guys that have influenced me a ton. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Mike Bloomgren, my former head coach at Rice University, uh, he was a guy who was – I was his GA. That was the guy GA for at Delta State years and years ago. And for him to pour into me just not only from uh, off the field but also, too, you know, in the classroom and it just take, taking me through some things, giving me an opportunity to come to Rice, teaching me the West Coast offense and things like that. Uh, those guys have been – that guy has been really influential in, in everything I've done in my career. How much do you try to keep up with the guys you've coached at different spots? Especially if – I mean, some of them, their careers end in college, but some of them they don't. And so how much do you try to, you know – keep up with that I do you know I try to take I try to be intentional about everything I do I think as a coach you know obviously you're going to recruit you're going to write letters and you're going to text kids but I also like to try to make sure I don't forget where I came from and those guys that have helped me along the way like you said they may not even be coaching anymore so you know from a standpoint of them helping me within my career they can't do anything for me from that standpoint they may be uh, got out the profession altogether but I, I always like to give back I like to let those guys know I'm thinking about them if I can never send those guys a shirt or uh, a mug or anything like that because some of them are University of Tennessee fans I always want to be able to do that because I, I think you know you pull one, you know, saying you pull somebody up as you climb the ladder. When you're out recruiting and you have Memphis as one of your areas, how much do you kind of like to get back in there and, you know, maybe see a coach or two that maybe you saw in high school or a coach that, you know, you, you've known for years and years and years that you roll into your alma mater, see Rodney Salisbury, you know, um, he's always got that, that, uh, yeah. that, that, that same track suit on, I feel like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I just love listening to him talk, man. I mean, he, he's the mayor of the unofficial mayor of Memphis. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Salisbury, me and him, like my last year was Salisbury's first year of high school coaching. So like, I, you know, I've known Salisbury pretty much over half of my life now. Uh, and he's always been the same guy. And, and like you said, like a lot of those guys that either played with me or, you know, they were underclassmen or guys that even coached in Memphis when I was there, they're at different high schools now. So there's not going to be too many high schools, if any, where I can't go into in, in the city of Memphis and know somebody. Uh, and it may just be a regular teacher, but I'm going to know somebody at every school just for the simple fact. Whitehaven is kind of one of those schools in the, in the state or in the city that, you know, we have a lot of alumni and a lot of alumni teach at the high school. That's why you know, through the years, they've been able to remain consistent and still be a really good program. When you get back to Memphis, I know you've been able to take some time, go see your parents, that type of thing. How much do you enjoy that, be able to get back down and see, just see some family? 
Well, my, my folks would tell you not as much as I need to, because uh, sometimes, you know, doing this recruiting process, you're kind of in and out. So You don't get a whole lot of time in your profession. <laughs> yeah, I might slide in and I might give them a call and never actually see them. But there has been a couple of occasions I've been able to slide by the house and, and actually go spend some time with them and, you know, break bread and things like that. And I think that means the world to them, to be honest with you, because, you know, not only them, my sister, she's still there as well. So just for, you know, everybody to still be, you know, for that small moment in time, it feels like you're 14, 15 years old when we all lived in the same house together. All right, we're going to do some rapid fire here. You ready? Oh, God. Okay, what you got? Favorite sports movie of all time? Favorite sport? Oh, the program. Favorite non-football sports movie? Ooh, Field of Dreams. What is your favorite part of living in Knoxville, non-football related? Uh, I love going to the lake. I live out there in Farragut. I, I love going to the lake. Favorite lake activity, just skiing or something else? No, just like literally feeding the ducks, hanging out, relaxing. <laughs> and watching the water. One stadium in college that you've not coached in that you'd love to coach a game in? Michigan. University of Michigan. How come? Just growing up, the, my last name, Mac, blocking him, like kind of always, you know, thought, watching on television, thought that was cool to, in University of Michigan. Do you like the song Return of the Mac? Uh, I love it. Is that your is that your ringtone? That is my walk-up song if I was a baseball player. <laughs> Favorite NFL football player growing up? Oh, Jerry Rice. Jerry Mack, Jerry Rice. Favorite NFL football team growing up? Probably the 49ers. Obvious, obvious reasons. You're a Roger Craig guy? I did. I did like Roger Craig. You know, there, a lot of those players on those 49ers teams are pushing him for the Hall of Fame. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know where he ranks statistically uh, among all those guys, but when you talk about a guy that one of the first guys could catch the ball out the backfield like a really true three-down back, he probably was one of the first ones that I can remember. I know I'm probably, you know, probably missing somebody, but, like, I remember him doing a lot at the backfield. If Jerry Mack is planning the family vacation and nobody else in the Mack family gets a say, what is the family doing? Oh, that's a good one. If I get a chance to plan it going nowhere, we're going to California, and we're going to go to Hollywood, and we're going to, you know, the Walt, what is the stars, Hollywood yeah. stars. And we're going to go see celebrity houses, and we're going to go do things like that. So, Big into that, huh? Uh, you know. Your TV buff? Movie buff? I like television. Like, I like the streaming, the new deal where you can stream everything. Mm -hmm. If they would have had that when I was in college, I don't know if I ever would have went to class. What do you like to watch? Everything. Like Netflix. I'm, I'm big into gangster movies. Uh, you know, rocoms, ro ro romantic comedies. I like that. I like everything. So when Hypo was in last year. We learned here on Volco Confidential, he's big into the JFK assassination. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, afterwards I texted him and I said, Hey, we found that so interesting. Who do you think did it? And he, he texted me back. I mean, he right, I mean, like right away, like, <laughs> boom, you know, he had his theory, boom, you know. Um, you know, are you big into like real life stuff? So, like, I could watch JFK documentaries, mm -hmm. I could watch OJ documentaries yep. on loop and, and be content. Yeah, I love documentaries. I love learning. You know, I think in a former life, I probably was a history buff because I like to learn, learn about people's journeys. I like to learn how people got to where they got and then what happened in between. So I like to hear about the stories. You think that's because you've kind of dug it out of the dirt yourself, so to speak? I definitely think so. Like, I've always been like that. I like to know the background and, like, where people came from and, like, what happened. My wife hates that. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you Googling that person? I just want to know, like. See, I, I sit around and watch TV shows or movies, and I'm like, okay, how old is this person? Boom. Yeah. Boom. Like, I got Wikipedia. Like, that that movie, my wife's like, let's watch this movie, 80 for Brady. And I'm like, okay. So it's got, like, Jane Fonda in it and mm -hmm. Lily Tomlin. I'm like, let's see how old these people are. 
like Jane Fonda's in there. She's like 87 or whatever. I mean, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm always fascinated to see like the ages of people, you know? Um, so, I mean, I, I, I totally get that. Um, if anybody could play Jerry Mack in a movie, who would it be? You know what? I would say Chadwick Boseman, but he's, he's passed away. Uh, man, I, I really don't know. That's, that's a good one. A young Denzel. A young Denzel. <laughs> yeah. Or I would say uh, a Will Smith. Like Will Smith would probably be better. I'll go with the uh, jazz from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's more your speed. <laughs> yes. but were, were you a, were you a Fresh Prince guy growing up? I did. I still I watched the new season of, of Bel Air too. They got a new episode too. Say by the Bell growing up. Yes, Zach, Zach man, Zach was my guy. Yeah. Kelly was my girl. I mean, that's <laughs> seriously, you know, biggest crush of all time on really? Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. yeah, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She was phenomenal. If Jerry Mack now could tell younger Jerry Mack one thing that you've learned to to maybe speed up the process of things. What would it be, just, or or do you just, in, just keep everything the same? A younger Jerry Mack would have told uh, the older the older Jerry Mack would have told the younger Jerry Mack, you do not have to uh, move around as much as you've moved around in your career. You know, sometimes it's best to just stay still and enjoy, you know, where you're at and the people that you're with. Uh, enjoy the people and value those relationships that you build at those universities, those people in the job that you work at. Is that kind of where you're at right now with things? I, I, I feel like BJ's kind of that way. I mean, he's bounced around a lot, but I feel like he's, I mean, he may leave after the season. I don't know, but like <laughs> he, he feels like he's very happy here. Yeah, I, I really think so. Like, you know, when you find, like somebody told me a long time ago, don't mess up happy. And, you know, right now, you know, we got a good thing going. We, don't broke. If it's not broke, don't fix it. No doubt. Like, good people in the building, great people in the building from everybody that you deal with and interact with, coaching staff, recruiting department, scouting department. Like, it's just it feels really good to go to work to every day. And also, too, the, co the players that you deal with, you're recruiting the right people in the building, uh, talent-wise and people-wise. Best advice you've been given? Enjoy the process. Just enjoy the process. You know, Inky talked to us the other day. He said something about that as well. But really, to be honest with you, enjoying the process, be where your feet are, all those things kind of go, to, you know, hand in hand, to be honest with you. Uh, I think when you're younger, you're chasing a lot of things. You're chasing, you know, the prestige. You're chasing money. You're chasing a lot. As you get older, you just value the time more. You know, you understand, you know, I'm getting older. You know, you see a lot of people, whether they're celebrities or whether they're people that you know, uh, you know, going and passing on and moving on and they're not necessarily sick it could be anything uh and i think right now you know you're just at a point in your life where you want to enjoy the journey enjoy the people every day get a chance to go in that building and see those guys and work with those guys it just means a lot and you know you don't take any of that stuff for granted because everybody can't do that and some people will never get an opportunity to even experience uh, a piece of that well jerry mack we appreciate the time a great look at kind of your journey throughout the uh throughout the process and and we know you guys are uh, hopeful for having another big year in this 2023 campaign. Appreciate you. Thank you. If you're a Vol Club member, make sure you watch out for the newsletter. That's a wrap on Episode 1 of Season 2. We'll have an exciting season ahead, including next week, this guy's protege, Jalen Wright, who hopes for a big season as well. If Tennessee's going to do well on the field, number zero, that's new, we'll need to have a big, big year. We'll see you next week, everybody.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.